Hello, hello. I'm so excited for yet another episode of my podcast and my another so interesting guest. Um, I'm actually, I couldn't be in a more perfect setting to record this. I am recording this podcast and I had my conversation with Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh, who is today's guest. Uh, as I am in the middle of woods, uh, deep woods in Georgia and Smoky Mountains and surrounded by nature. And with Dr. Kumar, uh, Kumar Singh, we are going to talk about Ayurveda, uh, which is uh, very much into harmonious living in, uh, with the nature. And what is Ayurveda? Um, what, uh, you know, what can we uh, uh, include and take away from Ayurvedic lifestyle and uh, medicine and incorporate to our lives uh, to live better overall but especially now when we are dealing with COVID and all the stressful um, situations and, and changes so needed changes that are happening in our society um, how this uh, holistic and natural and organic uh, approach to medicine medicine uh, can help us um, during that time so many interesting points that are made by Dr. Avanti and um, I'm, I'm again so excited to have her on my podcast I know I know podcasts should be recorded every week uh, but you know I only bring uh, guests that I can but also that are truly inspire me and I really truly want to share their message of how they're making our world better and um, uh, believe me that I, I, I believe and you believe me that Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh uh, does just that with her expertise in both really Western medicine and Ayurvedic medicine and holistic lifestyle. Um, so I hope you enjoy. I hope as you will get inspired um, maybe to try something new um, and uh, here is my conversation with Dr. Avanti. today dr avanti i'm very good thank you it's anya is that how you say your name yes yes and your last name is kumar and it's singh sin how do i pronounce it it's kumar singh yep kumar singh oh so nice to meet you i'm so excited to have you um, I was waiting for a conversation because I went and um, uh, I saw you for the first time uh, during your webinar. Uh-huh. It was a, last week or a couple of weeks ago, right? You did yeah. about uh, Ayurveda. Yeah. And it was so, so interesting. So I reached out to Sean and I asked if, uh, if you can join me here on my little podcast because um, oh. I was so inspired. But your oh. work and what you what you are bringing to um, to the table to this world. Oh well, thank you. I so appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, I just wanted to, you know, I just started the recording right now. I like to have it, you no know, always sometimes with. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Because that's what it is. You know, it's a conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's not a big production. But so I just want to jump right into it. So, like I said, we met 
Um, I saw your webinar. It's so interesting. But, um, you know, being honest, I, of course, I, I, I'm very interested in the health, um, uh, in a healthy lifestyle and natural, more holistic medicine, but not everybody is. Mm -hmm. So can you tell like what Ayurveda is? Uh, just really quickly, so everybody yep. who, anyone who listens, other uh, way can get um, what area are you working in? Yeah, of and course. what it is? Sure. So Ayurveda is the traditional healing method, traditional healing science that comes from India, and uh -huh. it is it's the oldest system of healing an oldest system of medicine um, that there is. And actually it's called the mother of all healing traditions because most other healing systems have their roots in Ayurveda, including Western medicine and mm -hmm. traditional Chinese medicine. And really, if I had to sort of sum up what Ayurveda is into maybe one concept, it's really this. It's the idea that when you live in harmony with nature, you will have optimal health. That's really what it comes down to. And so there's many ways to do that, to live in harmony with nature. But the whole lifestyle, the whole um, sort of uh, practice of Ayurveda is a daily practice. Um, it's something that takes time. And once you start living in that way, you start to live in sync with nature and you'll see that your health improves. So that's really the nutshell what Ayurveda is um it's so beautiful and you you explain I love how just uh, easily and simply you explain it to live with in harmony with nature and I got chills when you said that <laughs> um, uh -huh. um uh, yeah it's just such uh like something that I'm really lately discovering thinking a lot about like now i uh, actually i'm recording this podcast conversation with you we uh from uh, like in the middle of the woods in georgia and you know talking thinking about preparation and talking to you today i was thinking how relaxing and how uh you know just uh, um, at ease i feel here you know in the middle of the woods in the middle of nature Right. Um, so that's it. But tell me, because you are Western trained uh, pediatrician, yes. right? So you have training in Western medicine. So tell me, because I know a little bit about your story, but tell me yeah. again, if you can tell me how you got into all this, you know, more natural and holistic approach and Ayurveda. How did you get initially introduced to it, interested in it? And what is the story behind the kind of the switch from, from uh, regular Western medicine to this approach? Sure, absolutely. So um, I was trained in Western medicine. I trained in emergency medicine, actually. Um, I oh was God, born so stressful. Yeah, I was born and raised in the United States. And my parents are immigrants from India. And so I'm uh -huh. first generation here. I grew up uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. And really, you know, I grew with Ayurveda as part of my life. It was part of my everyday life. It's what we did every day. We just sort of lived this way because it's really all my parents knew from, you know, immigrating from India. Um, but, you know, I'll tell you the truth is that when I was growing up, I really never thought about all the things that we did because it was just part of our daily life. It wasn't, so it wasn't like introduced to as Ayurveda. It was just your lifestyle um, exactly. brought to you by your parents. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly, exactly. And so it wasn't, and, um, you know, at a very young age, I decided that I wanted to be a doctor. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've written about this actually in my book that's coming out next month, but, you know, I just, I decided that I wanted to become a doctor at a very young age and that's what I set my sights on. And so that's what I did. And I never really thought about any other type of healing tradition or healing system. Um, it wasn't until I was in my training when I started to get sick, um, because up until the age of 18, when I was living at home, I never had any health issues. Um, uh-huh. it, even in college as an undergrad, I didn't have any health issues. It was really when I got to medical school and the stress increased and the lifestyle changed that um, I started to have symptoms. You know, there was slow weight gain, there were headaches, there was plantar fasciitis, there was stomach aches. You know, all these little things started to happen um, that became more and more uh, significant as time went on. And mm-hmm. it was somewhere, um, at the end of my training, the beginning of being post-training that I had sort of what I would call a health crisis and that, you know, I threw out my back again. Um, I had been having a lot of back issues, a lot of back pain throughout my training and it just got worse and worse. And I got to the point where I threw out my back so badly um, that I couldn't move for five, six days. I was in bed, oh my um, gosh. couldn't move, and was really scared. And I really had to ask myself some questions, some really um, deep questions that I had been avoiding. And I really had to take the time to answer those questions, which was, you know, why am I practicing medicine? What did I hope to achieve as a doctor? And is this really worth it? Because you know, I often say this, that, you know, it was not lost on me at the time and it's not lost on me now. The fact that I was learning how to t- take care of other people and in the process, I was getting sicker and sicker, right? Yeah. I was trying to help other people heal and here I was getting really, really sick. And I knew that something had to change, that if I didn't do something, I would continue to get sick And then I wasn't really helping anybody. And so I um, decided to leave Western medicine because it was quite honestly um, just making me really miserable emotionally, spiritually, physically. Um, I felt just like I was withering away, like I didn't know Mm -hmm. who I was. And so I, you know, I went back to what I knew really, you know, um, what happened for me was that my paternal grandfather, um, really started to come to me in my dreams and sort of was with me all the time. He had passed away a few years before and I was very, very fond of him. I was the eldest grandchild and the only one in our, our family that was a physician and the favorite my grand- grandchild. <laughs> but my grandfather lived a very, very pure uh, Ayurvedic lifestyle. And he lived until he was 89 years old. And up until 88 years old, he never had a single medical health issue. Um, he never took medications. He, he was in what you could call perfect health. Um, when he was 88, he was taking his morning walk that he took every day, about five miles, and he slipped and fell and broke his hip. And that was sort mm-hmm. of the beginning of the end for him. And that's why he died was because he wasn't mobile anymore. And he said, yeah, I'm done. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I started to think about him because, you know, 
my grandfather was was symptom-free, medication-free until the age of 88. And here I was, at the time I was 32 years old, and I was yeah. really sick. And so I started thinking about my grandfather and what was it that he did. And I just remembered the way that he lived whenever he would come to the United States to visit us. You know, he was very, very strict in his routines. He... Mm -hmm had a morning routine. He would wake up at the crack of dawn. He would use the toilet, drink his water, go and take a shower and get ready, sit in front of his altar and um, pray and meditate and do a breath practice. Then he would get ready and have his breakfast and his morning tea, and he would head outside for his walk. And he did this every single day. And, you know, his routines... Con, you know, continued throughout the day. He was very, very disciplined in the way that he approached his life. Now, I'm not saying that that's the way you have to be when you're doing Ayurveda, but the point is, is that he lived a lifestyle that was completely in harmony with nature. And I see that very clearly. And I realized that my life had completely spun out of control. I mean, I was an ER doctor. I was working mm -hmm. the night you know, I was eating whatever was available in the hospital or in the vending yeah. machine. You know, I was oh. running from, this, you know, so my life was just completely out of harmony um, with nature and with everything. And so I think that was really what struck me. And, and I said, there's something there in the medicine that I grew up with. I need to go back to the what I knew and to the way that I used to eat and the way that I used to live and the things I used to do. I needed to go back to all of that. And so I started to study Ayurveda again. Um, and I read more and I did some self-study. I got more formal training in Ayurveda and I started to get better. I started mm -hmm. to heal. And so for me, that was all, all I needed to know that this was the right way to go and that I was being sort of uh, directed, you know, pushed gently by my grandfather and by the universe to go in a different direction. And so that's really yeah. how I went from Ayurveda, which is what I grew up with, to Western medicine, which is what I got trained in, and then back to Ayurveda again. So that's sort yeah. of my circular path that I took. Oh my God, I love this story, like every element of it. I think there is so something so courageous and beautiful and um, brave to, like you said, to stop for a minute and just look inside and ask questions and ask if what's happening and what I'm doing now, it's working for me and maybe there's a different direction. I feel like I, it totally resonates with me, um, but I feel like we all should sometimes, because we are living in such a fast world, and, and some, sometimes things are just, even though they are wildly perceived as so uh, incredible and valued, like you said, like, you know, training in Western medicine, right? But right. it wasn't for you and it wasn't working for you, right? And, and it's just uh, so courageous to kind of make this stop and make this um, uh, switch the journey a little, right?
Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, that that was what became very clear to me is that, you know, I suddenly had this ability with having an MD after my name, having grown up with Ayurveda, being South Asian and having sort of that um, credibility, both from my upbringing and my heritage, my culture, but also from my training, my formal training. Um, that there was something that I needed to do beyond Western medicine. And, and really, so I've spent the past 10 years um, sort of on this mission to advocate for integrated medicine, to really bring Ayurveda more into the world for more people to access the beauty and the power that there is in Ayurveda. So yeah. I think that, you know, I, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I think that that's why all of this unfolded for me so that I could be a voice um, to bring this medicine back and sort of help promote it and spread it in in the Western world. Yeah, and what a strong voice and, you know, knowledge it is, not only to grow up in something, uh, mm -hmm. but then consciously, consciously go back to it with the knowledge of practice of the other direction Okay. Um, you know, there's, <laughs> there can, I don't think so. There can be any more expertise in that <laughs> knowledge of all this, uh, uh, sides. Um, uh, yes, that's super, um, so inspiring and so interesting. So Thank what are, you. yeah. Uh, so what are, if you can tell us Dr. Vanti, like principles, cause we are saying, you're saying, uh, living in harmony of nature, but in, in short, what are the like, core principles of Ayurveda? What does it mean really to live in the harmony of nature? And I feel like, you know, it's a fairly simple statement that we can understand, but are there any like specific core principles and rules? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in Ayurveda, you know, this idea of living in harmony with nature, that really comes from the idea that Everything in the universe is made of five elements, and those five elements are space, air, fire, water, and earth. And so the mm -hmm. idea is that everything that it, there is is made of those five elements, including human beings. We all have a specific ratio or blueprint of all five of those elements within us. Now, if we are all made of the same five elements, that means that we are all one, when we live as one, when we live in harmony, that's when we have optimal health. That's sort of the more esoteric um, understanding of that statement of living in harmony with nature. These elements, they show up in everything, okay? Mm -hmm. Ayurveda is, is very much a qualitative science, not a quantitative science. Western medicine is very quantitative. It's about the lab values. It's about the x-rays and the MRIs. Um, you know, it's, it's very numbers-based. Show me data. Show me, you know, what, how this person falls on the normal range, quote-unquote. In Ayurveda, there is no such thing as a normal range. It's very, very personalized and specific to the person because we all have these same five elements, but they show up in different ratios within us. So some one person like me, I might have more fire and more earth in me. You might have more air and more space in you, right? Um, but you have and all five elements. that's okay, right? 
And that's okay, because that's our unique Ayurvedic blueprint kind of. Oh my God, I totally got it wrong. I think that the idea kind of was, I'm sorry, because that may be so stupid, but I thought it's all about balancing those elements, but it's really balancing yourself within elements that are yours. Correct. So there is is an idea of balance, but it's balance specific to you. And it, mm-hmm. it, it balanced with regard to what your blueprint was. And then it's balanced with regard to the time of life that you're in or stage of life that you're in, the time of the year, even the time of the day. Okay. So there are these other layers, if you will, um, to how that balance works. Now, what's really important in Ayurveda is that there is no such thing as perfect balance. Okay. There's no such thing right. as good or bad. There's no judgment. The, the thing here that you have to understand is that you're born in quote unquote perfect balance with that blueprint. And after that, once you're born, you'll never return to that perfect balance. The whole journey of Ayurveda is to constantly, what I say, course correct and sort of move towards that balance. Because when you are closer to your natural blueprint that you were born with, that balance of elements, you don't have symptoms. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how you put your to that balance. When symptoms show up, that means that you're not in balance, that you're very far from your, your optimal balance, right? Mm -hmm. That's the indication. And it's not good or bad. It's just degrees of how much those symptoms are showing up. So, you know, another principle in Ayurveda is that, and really sort of my message to people is that you have a lot of information, right, inside of you. When there are signs and symptoms showing up, a headache, a belly ache, you know, a little bit of um, a stuffy nose, whatever it is, your body and your mind are trying to tell you something. You need to take notice of that because that's telling you that you're getting off balance. And let me take a look at what's going on in my life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the principles in Ayurveda is that there is this balance of these elements. It exists in all of the universe. And when you can stay closer to your blueprint that you were born with, you will have optimal health. You're not going to have signs and symptoms, but that is not possible. You really are always fluctuating all day long, actually in and out of balance or closer or further from that balance. The idea is to learn to modulate that and to sort of course correct. Now, the question is, how do you do? How do you continually? Are you there, Anya? Yes, I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated. I'm quiet because I'm fascinated. Oh, no, no, no. Because I already have okay. follow-up questions. <laughs> yeah, I heard a bell, so I wasn't sure if you dropped off the no. line. Sorry about that. No um, worries. So the, I, the, the question then becomes, well, how do I stay in balance? And at a very basic level, there are three areas of remedies that we use in Ayurveda. The first is routines, daily routines, seasonal seasonal routines. The second is your diet. You know, what are the foods you're using and eating? What are the spices you're using and eating? Because food and spices are medicine. And then the third area of remedy are what I call the tools of yoga, because yoga is not just about the posture or the asana, right? Mm -hmm. Tools of yoga includes everything. Um, And so I've had to kind of redefine what I mean by yoga, because 
When people think of yoga, they just think of the physical postures. Yeah, yoga like is, meditation. Yep, breath work, meditation, asana or the posture, visualization, mantra or sound. Um, these are all different tools of yoga that are used um, not just the posture. So those are the three areas of remedy. And so when you have a sign or a symptom that shows up, you need to stop. The, what we do in Ayurveda is we stop and take notice and say, okay, I have this um, stomach ache that has been bothering me. My, my, my stomach doesn't feel well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it, you know, let me think about how bad is it? You know, it's only been going on for a few days. Well, let me think about, you know, what have I been doing in my routines? Has my routine been good? You know, have I been sleeping on time? Have I been eating regular meals? What have I been doing in my daily routines? You take stock of that and think, is there something I need to adjust there? The second area you might look at is, well, what have I been eating? What has my diet been like? Right. I have Mm -hmm. a stomach ache. Something changed in my diet or am I not eating enough? Am I eating the wrong foods for me or the season? What's going on? Right. And then the third area is the tools of yoga. Have I been doing things for self-care? Have I been taking some time to be still and be quiet and meditate? Have I been doing some kind of movement, right, to move the life energy or the prana through me? Have I been breathing? Because so many so many people spend their lives holding their breath quite literally, right? Oh, yes. So it's sort of like this checklist that you can start to go through and you can start to assess for yourself. So, you know, Ayurveda is very much about giving the power of healing back to the individual, right? That's the whole point of it is that you learn a system that is easy to apply and it becomes intuitive. So when you don't feel well, rather than running straight to the doctor or running straight to the medicine cabinet, instead you take a couple minutes and you assess what's going on in my routines, what could I adjust? What's going on in my diet, what could I adjust, right? Are there foods that I could be eating that would be more healing for me? Could I be using some spices as medicine that would help me, right? What tools of yoga have I or have I not been doing, right? You can start to take a look at those three things and get some, you know, knowledge, some thoughts in your head, and then you could go to a health professional if needed. But the point is, is at least you're taking some of that power for self-healing back into your hands before you just go and ask and look outside of yourself. Yeah, that's really the power of Ayurveda from my perspective. Yeah, this is there are so many important things you said, um, but I think uh, uh, this this idea of bringing power back um, uh, and kind of connection with self to people and and the connection to their body and understanding is such a huge thing. And I think it's a lot what we are dealing with is this lack of this idea of, like you said, stopping for a minute because we are just chasing this life and it's so fast and we, we don't do this. Um, and, and I was honestly, I was a part for it for a long, long time. And just recently I just started observing myself and having the stop moments and analyzing, okay, what is working here? Is this making me feel good? Should I, uh, you know, when it comes to the food, should I, what do I, what, how do I want to exercise today? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like we are lacking so much of this moment 
of uh, contemplation and kind of connection with self. I always mm-hmm. like to think that, you know, human body is such a genius machine. And, you know, if it's broken, it, <laughs> there is a way to fix it and, and it can fix okay. itself. Like, I feel like we are just genius creatures when it comes to our yes. bodies. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, we have so much self-healing power. That that's how our bodies are designed. And right. we in our in our modern world with modern medicine, we have become so dependent on things outside of ourselves. Because, because saying- it's, again, it's quick, you know. I exactly. feel like we're very used to quick things versus exactly. like story of your grandfather who mm-hmm. had the routine because it, it is a lot of work, you know. It is mm-hmm. it, it, and we see it as a lot of work. It's really not because if you live in a harmony with your body, right, and you feel good, like your grandfather did through these routines and, uh, you know, all the things he did. Right. Um, uh, then because if you go with whatever peel, pill you want to take, then you just do a quick fix. You have 70 other side effects. <laughs> right. And it's the circle. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a very very powerful form of medicine and healing from my perspective. Is yes. what I. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a future and something we all have to look into it. How we can be more harmonious and listen to our bodies. So how do mm-hmm. I find the the my blueprint? Is there are there tests right? I think there. I was kind of looking into things. Yeah. There are tests you can take, right? Yeah. So, you know, I have a sort of probably a, a more controversial perspective on um, those oh, tests. I want to hear those, it. <laughs> those tests, as they call them. I think that they're very beneficial. Here's the problem is that uh-huh. when you go online and you do those, those, those quizzes, it's often out of context and you are mixing up your behaviors through lifetime versus your behaviors and characteristics from when you were born. And a dosha test those quizzes are really to determine your blueprint. That was at the time that you were born. And as I said before, once you are born, that's really the only time that you're in that perfect harmony. You're never right. in that balance or harmony again. So anytime after that, that you do a dosha quiz, you may not be answering the questions correctly in the sense of you're mixing up what you were like when you were you know, very, very little, which is closer to your, your doshic balance, um, and what you have been like over your lifetime. So I don't find that those are accurate. Secondly, the second problem is that there are so many people who will take those quizzes. And even if they're, you know, a little bit more conscientious about how they're answering the questions, what do they do with that information? So Mm -hmm. let's say, find out that you're, you know, uh, in the doshic land, the, the Sanskrit language, you know, the doshas are the energies, the bioenergies, um, which the elements combine. So those five elements become three doshic energies, which is vata, pitta, and kapha. And mm-hmm. you can determine that. So let's say the quiz says that you're a vata pitta. Okay, mm-hmm. great. What do you do with that information? I can tell you that, you know, I ask this question every time I do a workshop or a lecture and I have, you know, usually about 40 to 50% of the people in the room because they're self-selected to come to my lecture, know a little bit about Ayurveda, maybe have taken a quiz. And I always ask them, okay, for those of you who have taken this quiz, 
um, and know your quote unquote dosha, how has that helped you? And usually the answer is, I have no idea. So the point here is, is that even if you do a dosha quiz, right. what is it helping you do? Right. That's not the point. The point of, of starting with Ayurveda, that becomes important later when you're mm-hmm. a little more further down the line of understanding Ayurveda, that can become important. But when you're starting out, this is my perspective, which is controversial, right? Is that when you are starting out and you're trying to learn about Ayurveda and put this into practice in your life, knowing what your dosha is doesn't help you. Knowing and understanding what is your imbalance, what are the signs and symptoms that are showing up, and what do you do about those things, that's what matters. Does that make sense to you? Oh my God, right? 100%, because you are right? addressing person, your personal blueprint or personal issue imbalance you have versus right. just naming exactly. something that doesn't even uh, you know, uh, has right. a, a tie to your life. Right. Like, exactly. like you said, I think I did this test and um, I, I was like, okay, I'm like 75% Vata or something. And I'm like, oh, okay. But wasn't really, um, right. sure. What that what helped. What it, yep. And <laughs> I love this. Tell you? <laughs> yes. And right. you actually have an amazing tool on your website, which I, um, which I read through and, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to try a few things, this self healing, uh, first steps to help self healing right. guide, right. That's when exactly you are doing what, what you just said. So you were talking about specific symptoms or problems you may experience. Are you tired? Are you, do you have headaches? Right. And then mm-hmm. different routines that can address that issue and balance you are experiencing. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Because most people who are coming to Ayurveda, they're coming because they're not feeling great or they want to better their health. They want more energy. They want to get rid of their headaches, whatever it is, right? That's why you're looking at another healing system. Um, and so knowing what dosha you are, that's great information, but it doesn't help you in the beginning because the point is you want to heal whatever is bothering right. you. Mm-hmm. So learn how to heal that first. You'll slowly get back into balance and then you can talk about maintaining that balance. And then that knowledge would be helpful. Correct. It's more understanding to you. And uh, yes, I to- yes, I totally uh, get it. Yeah. I will definitely link your, um, your self guide. Um, it's, it's really very interesting. I will link here in the notes to the, to this episode. Um, but, but, um, interesting. I actually, yesterday I was trying one of your, um, suggestions there, which was, um, drinking water every 15 minutes, warm water. Uh And, uh, I'm, t- I'm kind of like my test was a, a little bit um, not 100% true because I'm also, like I said, in the middle of the woods, nature. So I don't know what affects me, but I did. My body did feel better. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had more energy and I felt like cleaner, you know, I, I uh, and and I usually don't like cold water mm-hmm. and, and drinking this warm water. um mm, kind of I noticed that my body feels really good when I drink like a warmer water versus versus cold right and because your body is accepting it better because we're not designed to drink cold water and uh so yeah so just switching to you know even simple um, thing 
Yep. That's such a simple thing. And, you know, it's, it's funny because the water suggestion is one that I always hear. And so it's funny that you actually said this is that, and I hear this in every lecture or workshop that I do, um, that people are constantly surprised that water can help them that much. And it's not drinking eight, you know, big glasses of water. That's not the idea. And I agree yeah. that you sip it slowly throughout the day. Um, and that is very stimulating. It keeps your GI system stimulated so that it keeps moving things along. It keeps you hydrated. Um, and it just gives you this feeling of energy, right? That you said you had. So it's such a simple thing and it's so profound and so powerful. Yes. And it's so interesting that you said it. I didn't even notice, but now that I'm thinking about it, the idea of sipping, because I was sipping because it's warmer and, you know, there, there are the suggestion to drink like two glasses in the morning. And I, I tried that and it just doesn't feel good. I feel like I'm drowning in the morning and it's so, my stomach is like upset in the weird way. And it, it, it just didn't felt right. But the sipping Mm-hmm. Um, so, so interesting. I definitely am to link that and I invite everybody to, to look at, um, all the little steps and, and suggestions you providing in this, uh, in this guide. But I want to talk to you about one more thing. Sure. If you don't mind, um, obviously, you know, we are living now in a very, very interesting times. Uh, I would say definitely imbalanced. Um, I feel like between COVID and and all the other issues we are dealing with, so important ones, there is a lot, a lot of stress and a lot of um, imbalance going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, are there any, uh, you know, small things um, we can do to, to help ourselves cope with it, uh, because it's, it's hard to keep routines and balances when, you know, things change daily. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially with COVID and not being able to go out and be with nature sometimes, but what I I think like super basic and, and, and uh, super important things we can do with the parameters we can really right now. Sure. So there's that may help. Mm-hmm. There's a few things that you can do. You know, so one of the things um, that actually I I have some uh, things coming out, re- you know, soon a, a podcast episode and some articles, but specifically about um, immunity because I know that as mm-hmm. we're moving into sort of the next phases of the COVID response of sort of reopening, um, people are very anxious about going back into the world. How do I, you know, protect my right. and my immunity? And there's a few things that you can do. You know, I know that routines are difficult right now because we're working from home. We have children at home. There's all kinds of things. Um, but if there's any way to add any kind of routine to your day, that is very, very beneficial. The reason is, is that routines create res, uh, regularity and predictability, which helps to calm the nervous system, which then turns down the volume on our stress response or the sympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. The sympathetic nervous system, the more, the higher that our stress response is, the lower our immunity becomes. Okay. It's an inverse proportion, right? So if we want to strengthen 
and build our immunity, we need to find ways to modulate and temper that stress response that we are all feeling because of COVID, of, like you said, all the things that are going on in the world. So the more that we can add a little bit of routine regularity into our lives, the more it's going to help to turn down that stress response for us. And so things such as trying to get to bed at the same time every evening, trying to wake up at the same time in the morning, trying to eat your meals around the same time, any of those things, pick one thing. And Very just, simple one, right? Yeah. Like it's not, it's, when we think about it, it's not a big effort to really go and wake up, go to bed and wake up at the same time or eat lunch and dinner and breakfast at the same time. That's an exactly. effort. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that would be one thing. The second thing I would say is um, create routines within that regularity. So if you decide that you're going to try and get to bed at the same time every day, if that's going to be the thing that you're going to add so that you can turn down that stress response in yourself, add a bedtime routine. You know, add two or three things that you're going to do for yourself, whether it means, you know, saying you're not going to be watching TV, you'll turn off the TV at eight o'clock or 8.30, you're going to go to your bed bedroom, you're going to journal for a little while, you'll have a cup of tea, maybe you'll do a little bit of, you know, fun reading and then get into bed. You know, create some kind of routine around the things that you're going to do. Perhaps you're going to decide that you're going to eat lunch at the same time every day and you're going to make that your largest meal, which is actually best for you anyway. Make that into some kind of a routine. Make it a ritual. I'm going to set the table. I'm going to put a placemat down. I'm going to have a cloth napkin. I'm going to put some flowers and maybe a candle. Whatever it is, I'm going to make sure my phone and my computer are nowhere near where I'm eating and I'm going to enjoy my food for 30 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. You can make that into a routine that is very, very calming to the entire body and to the nervous system. So that would be one thing I would say that would be really, really helpful. The other thing, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just want to say that I am like 100% testimonial to that. I, I noticed um, I have my morning routine of meditation, journaling, a little movement, um, water, uh, lemon water, and then coffee. And believe me, every day I, for some reason, missed one element of this routine. I feel like the day is already um, shaky and I feel shaky. You know, this morning, like I said, this morning ritual, whatever it can be to you, it's it's incredible. And I really, I am a testimonial and can feel it whenever I missed to do uh, my routine because uh, I can feel it in my body that something is off. Right, exactly. And so that's, again, it's because, you know, you've gotten into the habit of having mm-hmm. these sort of touch points. Really what a routine is, is that it creates um, what I call touch points or reference points for your nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. Say, okay, everything's okay. I can be at ease. You know, I, I, I noticed that you used that phrase at the beginning of this interview. And that's really something that I talk about a lot is what is putting you at ease? Because that's what's going to help you the most. Do that. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that would be the first suggestion. The second suggestion is to take a couple moments to have what I call a mindful pause. Throughout the day, it's so easy to keep jumping from task 
to task to task, especially as we're all working from home and we have, again, children at home and pets at home. And it's very different than the way we used to work. And I know I've heard from so many people and have actually witnessed it in myself and in my husband, we're working more than we used to <laughs> because there's literally no downtime between, you know, the commute or, you know, just going to have to get lunch from out, you know, from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. That all those those little pockets of time are gone because it's in our same home, right? Yeah, all do. the boundaries are blended now. It, Everything happens at home. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so it's very easy to just keep going from thing to thing to thing to thing without stopping. And the next thing you know, it's eight o'clock at night. You're like, wait, what just happened? So I think that there's a lot of benefit to taking some mindful pauses, which is just to stop, take notice of your breath, Take a few deep breaths and then return to whatever you're doing. It's sort of, again, creating those touch points throughout the day to pause and slow down and reset yourself. So I think that that's a really, really helpful um, practice as well. Oh, I love that. I literally did just that and just checking in with your body, how you feel. It's rather way put you in a different um, kind of emotional state and, and body state. Right. Such right. a simple things, right? I, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated really for months now with this idea of us being, you know, when, when uh, even you, you read the, um, the definition of what word disease, right? You are at this ease. You are not easy. Right. Uh, exactly what you're saying in the harmony, in the flow with, with something, some part of your body. So I'm just fascinated about this. Um, and, and, uh, and are a little bit terrified how far we are a lot from the nature and from that flow and that harmony. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, thanks to knowledge and people like you, I think we will connect more to that. And people are looking. Don't you think that people are looking more than ever now to yeah. different ways, more natural, more holistic, more organic way to heal themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think people that are, are really waking up to the idea that, you know, um, the answers are not all outside of them because the right. answers that they're looking for um, and trying to get from outside of themselves aren't really always working, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's that frustration of, well, I'm looking to you for the answers, but what you're telling me isn't working for me. So what do I do now? And so I think people are finally waking up and stopping and saying, okay, well, what do I know inside of me? Right. And that's really what I'm encouraging people to do is to, is to really look inside and think, you know, what is the knowledge, the innate knowledge that I have within me, that healing power? Because again, as you said, our, our bodies are these magnificent machines that yes. have so much capability within them. Uh, we just have lost sight of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do think that people are really waking up to this idea that there is so much more to healing and medicine than the Western ways. Those are important. Those are valid. They're very useful. Of course. But there is more. There is more that can help us. Yes. And we need to balance this Western medicine with the knowledge and checking in, um, with ourselves, I you know I I, rem I grew up in Poland, and uh, mm -hmm. it's funny because now I'm thinking 
even now my grandma used to, now I'm doing the same thing. My grandma used to make, whenever I got just a little bit sick, she used to make this uh, uh, sandwich toast uh, with uh, garlic and butter, oh. heavy, heavy, heavy garlic. I hated it. But now it's like the first thing I do for my children and myself whenever I feel sick and, and, and it's helping. And it's such a small, simple, you know, garlic, it's such a strong, like such a strong, um, uh, germ and bacteria killing properties, right? So yes, absolutely. Those are those small things that, you know, food can also heal you, uh, Yes, I'm. I'm just so excited for this awakening. But you know, there are some people, even among my friends and and people I talk to, that are very skeptic about any mm-hmm. uh, natural way um, of healing and 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 medicine. What would you say to to people like this to kind of you know not convince them, but maybe open their mind and where to look initially or what to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what what would you say to somebody like that? Because I have few friends like this that are very skeptical. Right. I am. I'm. You know. I believe in both sides. I sure. You know, my daughter. Have, I. I. I personally wanted to heal myself because I, like you said, exactly what you experienced. I felt in balance and I didn't feel well in my body and my body didn't feel well. So mm-hmm. I had to look for different ways, and not specifically maybe Ayurveda, but it's all connecting to sure. this idea of living in harmony. Of but course. I know that there are people very skeptical and very focused on, on Western medicine. So what would you, what would be your convincing one-liner? <laughs> well, you know, so the one-liner is, you know, because people will say, well, you know, show me the data or the science behind Ayurveda. Yes, because that, yes, that's usually people who are very focused on numbers and specific tangible and what, results. Right. And what I say to them, well, is 5,000 years of data not enough for you? <laughs> right. That's a really fact, strong one. <laughs> it's 5,000 years old and, you know, it's been around for that long and it works. There's a reason that it's still here and it's being practiced by so many people and, and, and the, these people are staying healthy. There's a reason, you know, so that's my sort of one liner to people a lot of the time, because the thing is with, with these Eastern or these traditional healing methods or natural healing methods, if you want to call them, um, there hasn't been, you know, lots of scientific research on the specific, you know, within it. There has been a lot of science that's backing up everything that we know in Ayurveda for sure. I mean, we now have proven the importance of the digestion and the gut, in Western science. We've known that for 5,000 years in Ayurveda. Yes, and connection to mood, emotions, the health it, of your gut, right? Exactly. You know, things that are like turmeric and, you know, all of these different spices that we've known the effects, the anti-inflammatory effects, the antioxidant effects, all of the healing properties of these spices and um, that we have used in, in Ayurveda cooking and in remedies and herbal remedies we've known for 5,000 years. Those are now being scientifically shown in Western medicine. And in addition, all of the medicines that are created, they're all based on the chemical structures, the biochemical structures of natural plants, of of plant medicine, right? Mm -hmm. That's where that all comes from. (laughs) So, you know, the, the thing is, is that everything that we're doing in Western medicine 
has its roots in natural or he, uh, traditional healing systems. That's yes. what people forget. That that's what a lot of people don't want to think about or or have just forgotten that that's really where Western medicine came from. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah, we we'll just have to make a big circle. Yeah, <laughs> big circle back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's really sort of my answer to most people. Um, and you know. And I also um, am a big proponent of not trying to convince anybody. I think it's more about Mm. people's minds. And so I think that, you know, the other suggestion is just to try some of these things. Try some of these different remedies. Try some of these different approaches and see. Be honest with yourself. Give it an honest effort. um, And then be honest with yourself about the effects. And the other thing is don't expect that it's going to be like a, a lightning bolt hit you and suddenly you're like, you have so much more energy because you practiced yoga for five days or you meditated for five days, right? You know, understand that this takes time and that it's a slow process. And I also tell a lot of people that, you know, do something small. So let's say it's um, drinking water, you know, throughout the day, like you, you've started doing. Keep doing that for a week or two. And mm-hmm. if you're convinced that it's making a difference, try stopping it for a few days. And then you'll notice the difference. Because again, it's a gradual, small, subtle change that happens over time. And so, you know, you may not notice a significant difference after two weeks, but I can tell you that if you've been doing it regularly for two weeks and you suddenly stop, you'll notice a difference. Yes. And I think that's the biggest problem is maybe even not convincing, but this idea that it takes time and we need to give it a time. Mm-hmm. And I experience it too. You know, I like to, um, in Poland, we like to say uh, she was washed in the warm waters. Uh, yes. So I like to rush the things. I like to fast results and, and I has to have to, and, and you know, our society and the times we are living in doesn't help. It, it's also uh, a speed race. So it, this idea of like stopping for a minute, like you said, checking with yourself, observing your body, uh, looking into new ways to approach your health and lifestyle, that takes time. But we have to understand what we have to give it because with, without our bodies and our health, like there's nothing else. Right? So it's a simple, very simple math right there. Right. Dr. Avanti, we, I, we could talk forever. Seriously, <laughs> I feel like it's a, it's a such I, an impre- interesting subject to me. Uh, but obviously, we have a limited time. Uh, but I want to ask you, I always like to ask uh, uh, um, uh, my guests and anybody I'm talking to, um, mm-hmm. just is there a book or a podcast or in, in your area of expertise or any, I don't know if they're Ayurvedic applications, but anything that, um, uh, maybe a book that would be great to start with, uh, if somebody is interested in that subject, besides this great self-healing introduction, um, guide that I will link that you created. That is really, really great. I really recommend it. 
Thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of different things. Um, so first of all, I do have a podcast that I just started. So we'll link it below too. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the Healing Catalyst. And then I also have a book coming out in the next month, which is called The Health Catalyst. So that'll be coming out soon. Um, but beyond my my materials, what I would suggest are a couple of different things. Um, the author, Dr. Vasanth Lad. His name is Vasanthalad. Uh-huh. Perfect uh, pronunciation. He is um, he's written so many books. He has a few um, beginner books that we could I can send you the link to. Um, not a problem. I would love that. So, yeah, that would be a really good place to start. Um, and as far as you know applications, there's nothing specific. Specific for Ayurveda quite yet. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of um, apps for meditation because I do talk about the, the power of meditation and breath. Um, and so, you know, a few of the different apps, there's one that I always suggest to people, which is called Insight Timer. Yes. Um, it's a free app. You may have heard of it. And they have just a huge library on there of all kinds of different meditations where it's, you know, breath focused or, you know, it might be a sound meditation or a guided meditation. Um, there's just so many choices that you can find something that that you like and that you resonate with. So I would say that that's a really great app um, for meditation. Those are probably my main recommendations for for resources. This is great. I will make sure to link it. And your podcast will be uh, obviously about Ayurveda, about healing. Right. Uh, right. Oh, that would be so interesting. <laughs> yeah, we've already had the trailer and the first episode have already been released. And the second episode is coming up on um, June 28th, I believe. So in a week or so. So uh, yeah, that's that would be a great resource as well. Perfect. We'll link it and I have to give it a listen. Okay. Um, thank you, Dr. Avanti, so much. Like I said, I, I could talk forever about this and learn and I hope to learn more from you. Um, but it's so, I feel like the, you know, the message you're bringing, um, is so, so important. I really feel like we are so far from nature and, and more harmonious, uh, uh, lifestyle with our bodies. And that's why a lot of problems, a lot of people experiencing now health wise, mentally, I feel like there is such a big connection there. Yeah. And, and I was, and I'm just so thankful that you have this both trainings and, and like I said, I think there's, there can be more deeper expertise than somebody who um, not only grew up in certain traditions and lifestyle, but then went out of it, trained, learned something different and to just go back to it. I think it's an incredible story. Thank you. Um, you're bringing to the table. Oh, thank you. I so appreciate that. That's really kind of you. Yes. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you so, so much. No, I'm going to try to drink my warm wa- water today all day again, because I, I feel like I need to give it more time, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Few, few, I hope you'll days. try and I hope that you'll try some of the other recommendations. That yes. Starter guide. So, you know, you could buy that on my, I think you, you probably found that on my website. Yes. So. Yes. And I will link it. Be, oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes, for sure. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Avanti. I so appreciate your time and all the knowledge you shared with us and with me today. Um, and yeah, I hope, uh, you know, um, 
somebody get inspired and, and, and look more into Ayurveda uh, or any kind of really holistic or much natural um, lifestyles or, or healing ways. Thank you so much. I so appreciate uh, being on your podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks. I'll just stop recording now.